Welcome back, everybody, to the 46th ever episode of the West Coast Preps Podcast. I am Chris Jackson, joined by Gregory Moreland soon. History was made over the weekends. We're very excited. I think Greg and I were, I guess, jumping off walls all weekend is probably the right way to put it, because football is back in California. Weird to say. I mean, it's you're not playing high school teams. Specifically, at schools are not playing games. Season's still been pushed back by the CIF, but... There's club football going on in Los Angeles, and Greg was down there in Southern California over the weekend to recap all of the action, getting photos, recaps, and there's also takeaways. And the Athlete of the Week story now up at westcoastpreps.com. Check out all of that content. But Greg, you were down there in Los Angeles for the first weekend killing the coverage with stories, social media, photos, videos. Just what was it like? Man, it was fun. It was nice to see some live football pads, 11 v. 11. You know, no more 7 v. 7. No more, you know, anything like that as we get a rude motorcycle just driving by in the middle of our podcast. That wasn't very nice. But what was nice was being on the field, taking pictures, being around the atmosphere. And my main takeaway is football is fun. The kids enjoyed being out there and being a part of a team and part of playing the sport that they love. And you could tell the atmosphere and the energy level was top-notch. It was only 10-minute running quarters until the last two minutes of each half, it goes back to regular football. But the kids enjoyed it. The kids got out there and got to play. My biggest takeaway, though, also is stars are still stars. Eli Brickhandler, Jerrion Dickey, Jonah Coleman, probably the three best players out there on the field from this weekend. All of them showed out in so many ways. It's incredible. Yeah, let's dive into more of some of those players as well. I mean, Jerrion Dickey, we've talked about him already countless times on this podcast but deservedly so one of the top sophomores in america in the 2023 recruiting class the valley christian sophomore athlete greg you saw it there down saturday in los angeles eight catches 144 receiving yards exclusive speed got its first win of this season he also had that long touchdown catch we saw the week prior but jerry on dickie the scary part is i don't even know how he's a sophomore honestly all these people ask me what grade he's and they think he's a senior but i'm like no he's a sophomore yeah, it really doesn't make sense. And the 70-yard touchdown pass really jolted exclusive speed back into that game. It gave him that little spark. But it was just a simple screen pass that he just took to the house, outran everyone, made a couple moves early on, and then once he got past everyone, that dude's so fast, no one was catching him. Was he 4-5 four, four, or something like that at RBC when we clocked him there? Dude has lightning speed. And he's just, he's just a bolt of energy. When he goes up and makes a play, the whole team just gravitates to him as he made the big play at the end of the game, setting up the game-winning touchdown pass at the end of the game. And we'll get into that more in, in a minute here. But <clears throat> Jerion is a special talent, and I even said this to multiple people. I'd be shocked if this dude is in the NFL in five years, in ten years, whatever timeline, whatever his timeline is. I would be shocked if he's not in the NFL. So he'll have three season. years of high school left including this year and then three years of college, and then I think so, he's gone after that. So I six years, basically. Yeah, and, and you see it, too. His offer list already speaks for itself. Arizona State, Arkansas, Cal, Oregon State, San Jose State, all after just one year of high school. And don't forget what he did at Valley Christian as a freshman in a very run-heavy offense. These stats in a spread offense, what these some of these schools in Texas, some schools in the Bay Area run with the spread. You could triple these numbers, honestly. With what he did 541 receiving yards seven touchdowns last season both were team highs valley christian won 11 games with them shared their league crown 
was a runner up in the CCS Division One playoff bracket to Sarah, who was a state runner up as well later on in the postseason. Jerry Round special in that exclusive speed game. He played a big role in that comeback, which we will get into right now because you were posting the updates from that exclusive was down twenty one to six, and all of a sudden, the game of the year at any level, I would say. You got to witness it firsthand. Indeed. They started off strong. 6 nothing. They looked good their first couple of drives. They were moving the ball. They were stopping them on defense as well. And it was they're up 6 nothing. looked good. And then all of a sudden, something changed late in the first, first part of the first half. And all of a sudden, they were down 21-6. But then something flipped at halftime. They made some defensive adjustments, were able to stop the run, as their coaches noted on Twitter after the game as well. And then, like I said, that 70-yard touchdown catch from Jerry on uh, on the screen, that really jolted him and put him back in the game, bringing him down 21-13. And Eli Brickhandler, dude is a straight winner. That's all he does. He just made play after play after play all game long as he hit uh, Muhammad for a touchdown to get them to 21-20 in the middle of the fourth. And then this final drive. When I say Eli was scrambling for his life at the end, 4th and 10, scrambling for at least 10 seconds, all of a sudden juked out one guy, defensive end, and then was just scrambling to go to the to the yardage stick, dived, full extension, just made it by a mere 2 inches, and everyone was just standing at the line looking at the football, looking at the chains. It was one of those, remember the... When the Raiders, what, what was that? Cowboys against the, the Cowboys, the, the little, paper. Yeah, the paper. They put the little paper sideways. Yeah, the paper gate. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> that, the most Raiders thing you've ever seen. That's what it looked like. But he got it by an inch, and that was after they did make a couple miscues. He had Muhammad. I think I think it was Muhammad wide open for an easy touchdown, and just barely overthrew him off the fingertips. But next thing you know, a couple penalties here, a couple penalties there. They need two big shots, and once again, Jerrion Dickey was there for the big catch, going up over two people. We've seen it so many times with him, continues to do it. And then with six seconds left, Eli goes to the end zone. An unbelievable catch. It was on the far side from me. I guess he one-handed it, cradled it with his right arm, just perfectly placed, perfectly caught for a touchdown. And the whole sideline, there's multiple penalties on it, but the whole sideline ran out to the field. They're like, we don't care. It's six seconds left, and they're up six. And I was shocked. It was just the atmosphere was insane. It was so nice to see. And that's like football is back. That was a statement that football is here and it's back. Yeah, an exclusive speeds comeback shows how tough a lot of those guys are on their roster. Coaching adjustments there in the second half were impressive, as you've also mentioned to me over the weekend. Eli Burkhanner is a winner, though. I mean, plain and simple. There's no other way to slice and dice that. He's been a winner every step of the way. We'll get more into him in a little bit as we also make some history on the website with some new content we're going to roll out, so we'll roll that out later on in the podcast. But exclusive speed looked good, but so did Cal Strength as well. Cal Strength, there was, that was the easiest win for the Barrier teams out of this week. 29-7. They struggled early. There was an early interception that led to a Southwestern touchdown. But after that, it was all Cal strength, and this team is good from the quarterback position to dynamic wide receivers to good D-line play to good linebacker play all the way to the secondary as they had multiple interceptions. Um, basically, up and down that whole team, that whole roster is just good players, and 
they might be the best team from the Bay Area right now. At least they've proved that so far as they manhandled their win early on. Yeah, you mentioned that 29-7 victory. Complete football team. Look, at they've got a lot of kids. Danville, Clayton Valley, Pittsburgh, that kind of region of the Bay Area, that sector. Disciplined football team. Well, coach, great athletes that have put in a lot of time this offseason. We'll get more into just their quarterback play and these skill positions they've got. The city of Danville is loaded like always at these spots. Quarterbacks have come out of Danville left and right throughout our lives. Kyle right back in the early 2000s from Monta Vista was an All-American, a five-star prospect, went to Miami for a little bit, was a Heisman preseason front-runner there in Miami for a little bit as well. You've seen Zach Klein come out of San Ramon Valley. There's a couple of players now from Danville playing Division I football at the quarterback spot. Jack Stewartson right now is the University of Washington. Jay Kaner's at Fresno State. And he balled there at Fresno State as well after transferring from the University of Washington down back to the Central Valley. And now these 2022 Danville quarterbacks absolutely shine. You saw Monta Vista's Dylan Devitt, 162 yards, three touchdowns in that win over Southwest. Jack Quigley came in there, threw for 88 yards. He's another one of the top quarterbacks in his class at that position too, especially on the West Coast. Got the offer from William & Mary. As a sophomore, 1,502 passing yards, 15 passing touchdowns, one rushing score. But these Danville kids are loaded. They were only part of the kids from Monavis and San Ramon Valley that really shined, too. Indeed. Their linebacker, Josh Zeising, really balled out. Their Monavista junior receiver, Cole Bastia, had a team-high 74 receiving yards and two touchdowns on eight catches. He was all over the field making plays all day long. SRV junior Caden Ridley had 73 receiving yards and one touchdown on five catches. And then Jack Andres also had 26 receiving yards on two catches. It was a big time day all around. And I was talking to some of the coaches and parents as well that these kids have been playing ever since they were little kids. You know, they're all mostly e-ball kids, a couple kids from Pitt as well, as you mentioned. They've been growing up together. So to see them come back as in high school, when they're older, they used to be playing each other through high school football. But for them to come back and play each other, a lot of these parents are happy, and the kids are excited to play with all the kids that they grew up playing with as well. So they have this chemistry that they've been playing together for a long time and working together, working out together, all our friends. So you can see on the field that chemistry is still there. Yeah, that chemistry is a huge thing. Cities like Danville and Pittsburgh do a fabulous job with youth football, those programs at the youth level. There's a reason why those schools, they have great coaching staffs at the high school level, right? But... High school's down all the way down to when you're first starting peewee football, five, six, seven years old. They get these kids groomed, coached up right, right away from those, that first jump. Jack Quigley was a kid who started playing early on in his life. Him and Tanner Salisbury from San Ramon Valley grew up together, best friends, middle school best friends, everything. Now they're SRV stars, both with Division One offers. Danville's a great city for that stuff. So is Pittsburgh, the way that they just... Some parts of Danville, you bleed Monavista your whole life. Some, you bleed the green and yellow. San Ramon Valley, Pittsburgh, how big that football program is, how big that stadium is. You see how much the city takes pride in that. You're groomed as a Pittsburgh Pirate from the day you're born there, too. And they do a great job with player development, student-athlete development, not only in football in those cities, too, but other sports as well. The reason why those schools are some of the most premier ones all around and that chemistry on the display. And it's scary, too. You mentioned Josh Eisen, a senior linebacker. The rest of these guys at the skill spots are juniors. So imagine the chemistry these guys are going to have for the next two years. And in that rivalry game, that's going to be a fun one. Yeah, indeed. Another guy I want to point out is Matthew Casada had another big day due to this absolute baller. He was playing both sides of the ball again uh, for the Cal Strength uh, this weekend. Also, I think he had a punt return too, a big punt return. 
Dude was doing it all for them as well, so I want to give him a shout-out as he played well this past weekend. Yeah, he did some other guys. Elias Herrera from Exclusive Speed needed just four carries to get 44 yards. Jake Price had an interception there as well. Heritage DB, we've talked to him. Whether it's football or not, Jaden Price is going really far in life. You can tell he's a leader, high-character kid, great in the classroom as well. Led his league to Bay Valley Athletic Weekend interceptions last year. He's got now five offers. That offer list keeps growing, so he'll be playing somewhere at the next level. Then another guy, before we get into like new content we're going to announce, Jonah Coleman. I mean, what can I say? This dude is just an absolute beast. I don't know how anyone could tackle him. I know if I was... Sitting there, I'd just let him go to the end zone. He squats like 500 pounds as yeah. junior in high school. This dude is insane. The first first play where he just asserted himself into the game was just a little slant pass, 35 yards, broke about seven tackles, and couldn't get him in the picture anymore because he just ran too fast. And next thing you know, he was in the end zone. And then that was to put them up 14 nothing. Then they struggled offensively in the second half. He wasn't really getting the ball. But... When they needed him, he came in there. Wide receiver, he's mostly a running back for his high school team, played wide receiver for uh, this past weekend, goes up over two guys and catches the game-winning touchdown. Dude had four catches, 76 yards, two touchdowns. Jonah Coleman is an absolute beast as he led Iron Sharpens Iron to the 1914 win. Yeah, you mentioned that, that all-around, all-purpose <clears throat> athlete there from Lincoln High School in Stockton. As a sophomore, 1,587 rushing yards. 30 touchdowns, 11.2 yards per carry. That's ridiculous at any level, any year you are. But as a sophomore in high school, especially with how much football has grown in Stockton, the Central Valley, the Bay Area throughout time. Then he also had 324 receiving yards, four touchdowns. Lincoln won nine games. He was a big reason why. And you see that offer list keeps growing for him too with Arizona State, Colorado, Fresno State, New Mexico, Oregon State, San Jose State, and Tennessee. Jonah Coleman's going to have his pick of the litter. Once... He gets more games at WCA once high school football comes back for high schools as well. And his offer list is going to reach at least 20, I think. Oh, for sure. I, no one can tackle this dude. I mean, it was proven. When he got the ball, no one could tackle him. I'm surprised he didn't have four catches and four touchdowns, honestly, because this dude was just that good. And he's going to continue to get offers and offers and offers, and they're just going to roll in. Do you have a prediction on where he's going to end up? Tennessee's had so many great running backs throughout the years. Eventually, I think he's going to get it bumped up to a four-star recruit by everybody. Oh, Not yeah. just one outlet, but by yeah. multiple. I think Tennessee has a really good shot at getting this kid. Yeah, I, I, think, I could see him. He was yeah. wearing the orange tape on the field. and you know They had these sweet new unis, like the little baby blue. It was like Miami Dolphins slash Jaguars mix, and then he had this orange Tennessee orange tape on it so he might be leaning towards he's already got some orange accent how big he is too just fits that sec mold right at every position sec's got pig guys up front you've seen the running backs from tennessee so alvin Kamara, those guys they've got a great history at that position arian foster from there back in the day i think jonah coleman just an early prediction tennessee volunteer i think is in his future playing sec football I think that'd be a perfect fit for him too no matter who the coaches are there i know jeremy pruitt's the guy there right now whether that's him in the future or whoever else it is, once Jonah Coleman gets to college in a couple of seasons, he's got that SEC mold. Yeah, he really does, and he, he can do it all. You know, he played wide receiver all day on last Saturday. He played running back in high school, and he's going to continue to do both, I'm sure, as he can – he's a do-it-all back. He That's can go so out of the backfield. Too. He doesn't have to be a guy that gets 20 carries a game. He can even be your change of pace guy, 10, 12 carries a game, whatever it is. 
lines up in the slot a few times a game, that's invaluable. That's an athlete Tennessee could really use across the field. So I think Jonah Coleman, he's going to go to a big school. I'm predicting Tennessee. You think that's it as well? He, he fits Tennessee. Yeah. He really does. I think he just fits that culture. And I, I think that he would he would fit into that team and play well in SEC. Yeah, I do too. And now our last takeaway from the weekend, but it's new content we're rolling out. I know we highlighted it last week on social media, Twitter, all of our platforms. Athlete of the Week is officially here at westcoastpreps.com. There hasn't been games for the first four or five months of us being an official website and company, but now games are back. Athlete of the Week is back. In our Athlete of the Week, the first ever Athlete of the Week for West Coast Preps is Pittsburgh senior quarterback Eli Brickhandler. And we mentioned it earlier, this guy's just a plain and simple winner. He engineered the drive of the weekend. It was an absolute masterpiece. The leadership he showed on the field, right, was just insane. There was no one more deserving than Eli. Had four total touchdowns, was a part of every touchdown drive that exclusive speed had just continues from the season that he held last year yeah he's such an incredible athlete when you meet this kid too you could tell he's such a leader he's going so many different places in life you could tell leading winning is in this kid's dna his character everything it's easy when i talk to people at pittsburgh teammates coaches whoever it was i mean they said right away he won over the team he didn't go in he went in there he transferred in from whitney high school in rockland for a senior season i know the season then pushed back kind of a tough situation with that going on but what he's done at Pittsburgh right away, he didn't expect to get anything handed to him. He wanted to be a leader, show himself in the right way, and that's what he's done anywhere he's gone, right? Showcases camps when we met him, when we've talked to him. Eli Burkhandler's got the it factor. I think that's the right way to put it. He's got that it factor in any f- facet of life, and football shows it right there. I mean, he completed 10 passes for 183 yards and three scores, had the one rushing touchdown that you also said and mentioned that final drive. I mean, what he did, I think, says everything you need to know about that kid as well. I think if there's one play that capulates what Eli is, it's that fourth and ten, get the first down, just find a way to do it. That's Eli because he's just going to find a way to win the game, you know. And that that's what you need out of your quarterback. You know, you can put up as many numbers as you want, but if you lose the game, then it doesn't matter. But he's going to find a way to get that team in the win column. He really is. And last year what he did at Whitney High School as a junior, the year before he started there, Whitney High School did not win a single game, okay? He goes there, he starts there as a junior. They win seven games. They're a sack walking section division two runner-up. That season he threw for 2,259 yards and 18 touchdowns. He also had 743 rushing yards and eight touchdowns. He's got six offers right now from Black Hills State, Iowa, Wesleyan, Laverne, Lawrence Tech, Rocky Mountain College, St. Anselm. I'm thinking there's a lot more on the way, and I'm thinking Eli Brookhandler, eventually you're going to see a Division One offer rolling for him because he's got the mold to, to play at the highest level of college football. He does. He has the build of a Division One quarterback. He has the passion for a Division One quarterback. He's got the arm. He has the legs to move around in the pocket, to scramble if he needs to. He's really an all-around quarterback that can do everything for you. And the leadership skills, I think, is the most important thing when talking about Eli as well. Is that leadership, he's just going to he's gonna bring the team together. And I think that's the major thing with Eli. And I think that's something that a Division One program can certainly use at, in some way or shape or form. Yeah, it's a tough situation. I think if we would have been able to play more games maybe in the fall, whatever it was, I think he would have gotten more offers. Right? But with this WCA 
football going on. I think it's going to lend himself to some great film when a season does eventually come back out here for him to play his last year at Pittsburgh. It's only going to give him more film and more schools are going to notice how special of a talent he is. Because everyone we've talked to, whether that's Cassie Taylor, who knows him very well, coaches from other schools that know him, they always rave about Eli, which says not just about his leadership, but his talent, what he's done, how he's won everywhere he's gone. Very deserving of Athlete of the Week for our first ever award there. Indeed. Eli Brickhandler, first ever Athlete of the Week for West Coast Preps. Very well deserving, and who knows, he probably could win multiple of these coming up soon. With the way he played, that's very possible. But now we got some recruiting news. A lot of it in the last week in the Bay Area. It was filled, especially over the weekend. It seemed like we saw offer after offer, especially just from kids performing over the weekend from Los Angeles. Baseball Bellarmine pitcher Stephen Kwok committed to Pomoda Pitzer. Last year he had one scoreless inning on the mound. Don't forget that season was cut short because of COVID-19 rolling around after a few games when they canceled that season. Then another commitment, El Cerrito football's Gary Alexander committed to Puget Sound there on, over the weekend as well. But then offers galore, it seemed like everywhere. Valley Christian had a basketball sophomore, Pasha Gudarzi, first division one off from DePaul out of the Big East, then football as well. I mean, it, you go up and down this list, it seemed like 50 different Bay Area football players received an offer from somewhere. Indeed. Bellarmine senior linear, lineman Russell McKeever received two offers from Pacific and Linfield. As aforementioned, Eli Brickhandler got his sixth offer from Black Hill State. Maryville State offered... Barian Christian, senior athlete uh, George Davison, saw him at the RVC, also has offers from Cathridge, Culver Stockton, and Puget Sound. McPherson College was the first scholarship offer to Castro Valley senior running back Michael Lewis, who's a great kid, also part of the exclusive speed team, had a decent day as well. He had a 4.0 GPA, two-time running back MVP at exclusive speed, barrier top 100 showcases, Foothill senior tight end, and linebacker Joey Lodato was offered by Pacific as well. Pacific also offered Kennedy Richmond. Senior Bobby Williams also has an offer from Golden West College. Leland Senior tight end Corbin Yates brought in an official FCS scholarship offer from Valparaiso. Laverne offered him in December, and 2019 stats for him were pretty good. 493 receiving yards, 7 touchdowns, as they were the Central Coast Section Division 5 runner-up. And they're still going. El Cerrito defensive back Cole White was offered by New Mexico Highlands. And then Pittsburgh senior defensive back and wide receiver Aaron Williams was offered by New Mexico Highlands as well. Like you said, it was a big weekend in terms of recruiting. Greg is sweating right there. <laughs> a lot of kids, but it shows you how much talent there is in the Bay Area, right? That's I'm not even going to try to count that. Yeah, that's, no, that's too many. There's a lot. But it goes back to an earlier point that we made. Barrier football is good, and it's being shown on the field, and it's being shown in the recruiting process, and we just need to shed more light on these kids and give these kids more opportunities because there is amazing athletes up and down every sport throughout the Bay Area. I mean, how many did we just mention earlier in this podcast? Countless, right? And you saw their performances, what exclusive speed did, Cal strength, iron sharpens iron, everybody. Barrier shined there over the over week two in Los Angeles. A couple of Undefeated teams as well, like Cal Strength, Iron Sharpens Iron. Exclusive Speed almost won its first game against Long Beach Grind, lost that 9-7, to but Long Beach Grind, remarkable was the talent there. Exclusive held them to less than 100 yards is what their coaching staff told me as well, but a lot of talent is on this way. It's going to be exciting to see what happens in Week 3. I'll be down there for Week three's coverage there with the recaps, takeaways, photos, and all of that stuff, social media. So be sure to follow us on social media, West Coast Preps underscore... All the stories there are westcoastpreps.com. But before we wrap this up, 
the Golden State Warriors. Six and They're four. They're starting to win. They're six and four. It's getting fun. It's getting fun. What is that? Their last eight games, they're six and two. But I think last time I talked to you, you know, Doomsday Chris, oh, they're worthless. Trade Steph Curry, trade Draymond. Kelly Oubre's trash. He's still trash, though, because he can't. Kelly Oubre can't hit a shot. I don't want to see that guy ever take a three again. We can actually trade him for someone else. You know, maybe Bradley Beal for Kelly Oubre. What do you think? Hey, I'm all for that. Actually, hey, hey, I have hey. no complaints. Yeah. I don't think Washington would take that deal now. Well, I mean, we we have a couple first rounders we could throw in too. And yeah, sure, you, you could throw in that. Yeah. But the but Warriors, Warriors are six fun. and four. And you saw that Clippers comeback there on Friday night was crazy. Unfortunately, I was driving to LA to the well, WCA, you missed out on the so I missed all of a sudden they're down 18. Then next thing you know, they're coming back. They're down six. They're down four. They take this lead, and it was just the Warriors fight. They're scrappy. You see. Just with no fans, right? Oh, there's a lot more blots in the NBA because there's no fans to rally them. We've been to mm-hmm. Warriors games when they're down 15. And the fans are like, not tonight, man. Not yeah. tonight. This can't happen. We're going to come back. But when you have no fans, that makes it tough. Sometimes if you're down 20, 25, a team's just going to throw it in and say it's not our right. night. There's, there's no energy to get off of. But I think we talked about this earlier as well on the podcast last week. Steph Curry is not going to let this team lose, right? And his legacy is on the line. I put that in air quotes because his what, legacy is not on the line. How is his legacy on the line? I don't know what people are talking about. What do people know about sports? Do they watch when he's, when he's even on the court? The impact he has is being out there. He spreads out the floor more than anything I've ever seen. Right. He struggled on Sunday night. Yeah, he but... didn't play well. That was his worst game of the season. But guess what? The Warriors won, which tells you his impact, but also how well everyone else on the roster plays. You watch the games. There's three, four, five guys with eyes on Steph Curry every time, which creates open shots for everyone else's, which is why it, it was frustrating early on when these guys weren't hitting the open shots because they're going to be there all year long for these guys. And now you're seeing Andrew Wiggins. Kent Bazemore has had a few good games lately. Draymond had 10 points last night as well. These guys are capitalizing on these open shots. And if they can continue to do that, it gives Steph better looks later on. But also, as these guys can hit it, they'll have good big seasons. They will. And Draymond's back. His defensive energy has been huge. Andrew Wiggins. I mean, it's what it's amazing what happens. I know his first couple games were just like, what is going on? But he's getting comfortable. I think the whole team was just trying to get comfortable with each other, right? And there was no Draymond. Now Draymond's in there facilitating, playing defense, all of that stuff. Wiggins is dominating recently. He looks like finally that number one pick that he was selected as, what, six years ago now, I want to say. I can't believe it's been that long already. It was more than that. Was yeah, it 2013, 2012? I want to say it was 2014. Is when he was, was it 2014? I want to say. Yeah, because remember the Cavs had the one number one pick before that who was... Well, Anthony who, Bennett? Anthony Bennett, yeah. yeah. Did he ever play a game in the NBA? Maybe. Yeah. He played like no, one nobody season. Nobody watches the Cavs anyway. True. So, I mean, what do I know about Cavs? <laughs> he was, I don't think he played very well. I just know that. That's for sure. No, but Wiggins looks good. It's amazing what happens when you have a better system, a better organization around you, and just better leadership. Indeed, and... Another thing I want to get into is the NFL playoffs. We had, what is it, Super Wild Card Weekend now with the, the six games. The Cleveland Browns. The streak is over. They have finally won a game. That was the craziest thing. This, they just went up on the Steelers right away. All of a sudden, it's 21 nothing, 28 nothing, And the Steelers just looked lost. They did. I mean, it started from the beginning. I didn't even see it. I turned on the game. There's 14 seconds into the game, and it's 7 nothing. Cleveland, and the next thing you know, it was twenty-eight nothing after the first, and by that time I was driving back home to the bay, so no need to watch the rest of that. But 
you have your new thing that we're going to use for games when they do come back for the high school season, the Jackson 5. Do you have five predictions for, well, like, do we even have five games? We have four games, right, this weekend? So I'm going to throw in a prediction. We're, we're going to throw in some, because the national championship is, when we're, is the night we're recording this, right? We're recording this podcast on Monday. It comes out on Tuesday. I'm going to make some predictions. I'm going to make a couple from the national championship. Alabama is going to beat Ohio State. They're going to win that game by 10. Najee yeah. Harris. But it's going it's to be 10, but it's going to be like a late field goal because I think Justin Fields and Ohio State, they're really good. Anyone who saw Justin Fields' last game, one of the toughest, grittiest performances I've ever seen in my entire life. I know they crushed Clemson, but every single play – he was getting hurt, a hip injury, leg, whatever. I don't know how he was walking and still throwing dimes by the end of that game, but he was. Alabama's going to win that game. Najee's going to go crazy. The Antioch kid's going to go for 160 yards, I think. Wow. He's going to have a couple wow. of big runs. He's also going to have... Talk about Heisman snubs. I know. I'm Probably not, not even a final. I'm, I'm not really thrilled about that one. Yeah. I'm not really sure what went down there. Of course, I mean, that's one heck of a roster, too. That roster is absolutely sick. At Alabama, I mean, Devontae Smith wins that Heisman. Deservedly so, too. 1,500 receiving yards. I can't really argue that, but I would have liked to have seen Najee get more votes. Without a doubt. And then some other predictions as well. I'm just going to throw in some wild ones in here for the Jackson 5. It's the first one. The Browns the Browns streak's over, though. Straight Browns, up. Oh, they're done. The, Brown, the Browns are done. They're not going to beat the Chiefs on the road. I don't know. Have the Chiefs really looked well? I was watching. I'll give our good friend Colin Cowherd a little shout out. Our good friend. I don't think we've ever talked to him. I like him though. He's he's a cool dude. You like Colin Cowherd? Yeah. Huh. He's cool to listen to. That. I've never heard you say that. What are you talking about? I listen. We listen. We listen to him all the time. Don't we have our group chat? We talk about Colin all the time. I haven't listened to Colin in like a year. Okay. Well, we used to. <laughs> don't you throw know, me into this. Just just let me say it. it. Sounds better if I say our good friend Colin Cowherd. You know, it sounds it sounds good. You gotta make the, the persona that. Like Greg, know. we're all about honesty <laughs> at West Coast Preps. Well, I, he's never said we're not friends, so. That's true. Right? Maybe it'll be on his Blazing Five. Yes. Does he still do that? I don't know. I don't, I don't really watch the show anymore. <laughs> Why are you saying you watch it? <laughs> because I watched it this morning. Oh, first and he time said in a while. That Kansas City hasn't won a game by ten since Week Eight against the Jets. And Kansas City will win this game by ten. Wow, so that's what the spread's at right now. It's at 10. So you think that Kansas City is going to blow the Browns out? I wouldn't go all blow up, but they'll win by 10. That's a blow I, th- I, think, Cleve- I think they're just going to go up 14 nothing early, I think, and then they're just going to take it up on the Browns with a burger. The Browns are going to have a little Cleveland kind of high. Still high after this last game, right? But the Chiefs will still pull it out by 10. I would like to think it's going to be about a 34-24 ball game there in Kansas City. So that's three picks, right? I wasn't even prepared to start this Jackson oh, yeah. five this week, so it was on the spot. So people, I'm having a lot of Wait, fun. Wait, three with this picks. One. Where's the? What was the second one? Najee Harris is rushing. Oh, you're just going Najee Harris. Okay. Yeah, so I want a couple national championship ones because I'm stoked for that game. Yeah. True. College football's just in my boring. Mind. Boring. It's going to be a blowout. No one cares because. Hey, if when Najee balls, that's not boring. No, I don't care. No, Najee's fun 50, to watch. If Najee's going crazy and they're up Alabama's up 50 points I'm going crazy but college football in general is boring because there's blowouts every single weekend well the Pac-12 is boring true Mountain West is better than Pac-12 Mountain West was fun I actually enjoyed watching those games alright you got two picks left yep, but two picks the Packers will steamroll the Rams steamroll I mean you're just making easy picks you're picking the one seeds right now come on dude that, that, I mean in terms of steamroll it's going to be 21 points the Rams aren't going to score the Rams aren't going to score okay that's a little absurd 
The Jared Goff isn't going to score? No, Jared Goff's not even... I don't even think Jared Goff's been that unbelievable this season. No, he hasn't been unbelievable. I'm just not sold on the Rams. Well, I'm not sold on you and your pick so far, but go ahead. That's okay. Nobody's sold you, on me anyway. You, life, have, so you have number five. Number five. Let's have some fun here. The Buffalo Bills will lose to the Baltimore Ravens. Wow, these have been very unexciting. Um, that, I mean, is that even like a controversial statement? Buffalo Bills losing in the playoffs? Is, you know, come on. The Raven, I'm not really the big fan of the Ravens this year either. That's just, again, granted, I haven't seen a whole lot of NFL action this year because of showcases <sighs> every Sunday for our first few months. But Now, this is how you pick games. GMT guarantee Ohio State is winning the national championship tonight, although I do think Najee Harris will have a big game. But... Ohio State will win the national championship tonight, so you're wrong again. No, I don't care. Your second pick is probably right. I don't know. You said 160 yards and yeah. a couple touchdowns. Eh, I'll give him 130 just because I don't want to agree with you. Uh, GMT guarantee is the Bucks are going to win. No way Brady is losing to the Saints three times That's in the same year. That's not even a tough pick. How is that? Not, they've lost to them two straight times. They got blown out. No, Tom Brady in the playoffs is a different animal. I I'm understand. But, Drew Brees is not. The, the Saints aren't winning this. Okay. Well, you're that's saying not even a tough you're saying my my that's picks not even, tough. That's not even you a hard Kansas pick. Kansas City and the Packers. <laughs> this is a wow. tough. Tom Brady wow. in the playoffs. Nobody. If the Browns pick, if you pick are upsetting the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. The Packers will win and Buffalo will win. Okay, this is fun. But you just so you really went all ballsy for that Bills pick kind of trash me saying it's the Bills in the playoffs what do you expect no I, I did but I mean the Buffalo is just the better team they're not going to go I mean do you want to, let's make a Super Bowl prediction right now I need a Super Bowl prediction I want teams winner and score teams winner and score okay this is going to be a fun one I'm going to go Green Bay is going to make it okay Green Bay it's still going to be Kansas City's going to make it all the way. But Green Bay's going to win it this year. You know what's crazy? 34-31. The AST Championship is going to be Buffalo and Cleveland. It's 2020. It's the decade of the 20s. We're in crazy times. It's Buffalo and Cleveland, the AST Championship game. And it's the Buccaneers and the Green Bay Packers. In the NFC Championship. Okay, I can see that, yeah. That one's very plausible. I think I think we both agree on that one. Yeah, the other that one I'm like, still trying to get over. <laughs> that one Never thought I'd hear a Buffalo or Cleveland AFC Championship. No, but I, it doesn't it, make sense to me, but it's what's going to happen. What, this, what day is it now? December 42nd, 2020? Something like that. But with that said, the Buccaneers will go into Lambeau Field. Tom Brady will go to his 10th Super Bowl, I believe. How do you pick Buffalo or the Browns to go to the Super Bowl? <clears throat> But I am going to Both pick teams it. are going to try very hard not to make it. It's going to be Buffalo a 2 nothing game. is going to the Super Bowl to lose the Super Bowl again to Tom Brady as he wins his seventh Super Bowl ring as they're going to win 32-21. to 21. I'm not surprised you're making that pick wearing a Tampa Bay Buccaneers shirt. This is a Patriots shirt. Thank you very much. Don't, even, don't give the wrong idea to the audience here. I am a Patriot fan. But, I mean, let's be real here. Tom Brady is Tom Brady. It's... It's January and February. This is Tom Brady time. Yeah, exactly right. But, and also Buffalo has never really beat Tom Brady, ever. Like, 
honestly. What is he, 31-3 and three against Buffalo? He's not going to lose to them in the Super Bowl. Buccaneers are champions. Tampa 32-21. That sounds weird. Tampa Bay Buffalo, Buffalo Super Bowl. It's 2021. Yeah, I mean, yeah, at this point, what's the difference? Yeah. But there you go. There's the GMT guarantees and the Jackson 5. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Next week, I'll, I'll be more well-prepared for the Jackson 5. But you know what? I'm I'm thinking all my picks will be right. Well, I know at least uh, two of them are wrong because there's GMT guarantees on it. And GMT guarantees have a better track record than your Jackson We don't even 5. know what well, my track record is for the Jackson 5 because we've never done it. Exactly. That's what we need to do better. is start keeping stats for don't forget graphics. Don't I said the Denver Nuggets were going to come back down 3-1 against the L.A. Clippers. And what happened? Tell the audience what happened. After I made the GMT guarantee. Come on. Let them know. The season doesn't count. Oh, it doesn't count. So Lakers Championship is has an asterisk fraud. next to it? There's it's an asterisk, fraud. yeah. Wow. I'm wow. just kidding. Because on I the will podcast, let you know what happened. Because on, on one of our earlier podcasts, I did say it should not be an asterisk season. He did get it right. I just don't want to give him credit. Yeah, that's right. So GMT guarantee is live and well. The Pittsburgh Pirates, we've talked about that one. Eli's going to lead them. To beating De La Salle this year when they get the opportunity. GMT guarantee is live and well. Better than Jackson 5. Go ahead. Let us know in the comments down below. Tweet at us which one is better. GMT guarantee or the Jackson 5. I'm shaking my head right now. All of this. It's Chris it's, knows. I think it's time we wrap up the Andy Pettit It's because episode. you know that GMT guarantee is better. No, I don't know that at all. You do. I don't know anything. I don't know anything, actually. Do your outro, Mr. Host. Yeah, the Andy Pettit episode of the West Coast Preps podcast is over the 46th episode. Stay tuned for number 47. We have Berkeley boys basketball coach, their new basketball coach, Mike Hudson, and some of his players join the podcast. So follow all of our work on social media at West Coast Preps underscore. Subscribe to our YouTube page and check out all of our work at westcoastpreps.com. Because I'm gone. So long. So long.